Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ned Bellavance, Ned1313 on the Twitter, and welcome to the Daily Check-In for May 1st, 2020. Yes, that's right. We made it out of our way out of April, and now we're in May, because that's how months work. It's pretty exciting for me. April was a long month. I'm sure May will be no different, but at least we made it through one, right? On today's Daily Check-In, I am going to be talking about Cubevert and the Red Hat version of Cubevert, the way that they've put it together, which they're calling OpenShift Virtualization. So that'll be the topic for today. Welcome all my new subscribers. It looks like I picked up a few. Thank you to Stephen Foskett for tweeting things out. I'm sure that raised like a little bit of awareness. I do this every day at 1130 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, during the week. So I take the weekends off, but this is what I do. And it's supposed to be 10 minutes of kind of thought or commentary on a tech or tech adjacent topic. And like I said, today's topic has to do with Red Hat. And that's because I attended the Tech Field Day Extra from Red Hat as part of the Red Hat Virtual Summit. So that was pretty exciting. I learned a lot. There's a lot to talk about from it. Yesterday's show was kind of like an overview of some of the things that we learned, but I got a specific request on Twitter from someone to talk about the Cubevert presentation. So I will include that presentation in the show notes so you can watch the actual presentation. But in the meantime, uh, let me talk a little bit about what Cubevert is and OpenShift's implementation of it. Before I do that, I just want to check in with everybody. How we doing? <laughs> it's Friday. Tomorrow's the weekend. I know it doesn't feel any different, but do something different tomorrow to make it feel like the weekend. You know, it's the freaking weekend, baby. Let's go have us some fun. All right. With that in mind, I hope you're doing well. Let's talk about Cubevert. And that's Cubevert, not Cubert, which I kept thinking of Cubert the whole presentation, and it threw me off a little bit. So what is Cubevert? Let's start there. Qvert is an open source project, and the primary idea behind Qvert is you have your Kubernetes resources, which are generally pods, and those pods are usually running containers, but there's nothing that absolutely says that those pods have to be running containers. They could be running whatever. The whole point of Kubernetes is that it's a good orchestration and scheduling engine. That's that's the thing that's really good at it just so happens that what it usually schedules is containers and pods. Okay. What if you could use the same constructs, the YAML, the declarative definition, the scheduling and orchestration, but instead apply those same principles to virtual machines? Hmm. It's not a bad idea. That's what Qvert is. It's basically extending the Kubernetes project to additional virtualization resource types. So that obviously includes virtual machines, but it also includes virtual machine images and all the things that virtual machines need to run, like the emulation of certain hardware, the storage volumes, which are going to be, you know, like persistent volumes, basically for virtual machines, the networking, especially multiple network interfaces that a lot of virtual machines might have. I mean, there's a lot there, right? So that's what Cubevert is. Red Hat took the open source Cubevert project and, you know, kind of drizzled their own secret sauce on it and created OpenShift virtualization, which is basically their implementation of Cubevert with some of the things that Cubevert doesn't have. Like, for instance, Cubevert doesn't have a UI. It's all CLI, and you can use kubectl 
or you can use vert CLI, I think is their command line client for some of the stuff that's not Kubernetes native. So that's kind of what they've done. And they also added the operators that you would expect. So Red Hat was, you know, helped pioneer the operators concept in OpenShift and Kubernetes. And obviously they're going to use operators when it comes to kubevert. Okay. Now, how does kubevert actually instantiate virtual machines? From my understanding of the presentation, and it's hard, the documentation is not great on this project. Uh, I wanted like an overview of what was actually happening at the ground level, and it was very minimal. I'm sure if I went through the actual tutorials, it might become a little clearer, but I didn't have time to do that. So my understanding based simply off the presentation is that virtualization in Red Hat uses KVM. KVM uses a Q, QEMU to run virtual machines and each virtual machine is a process. Well, containers are just a process running with you know, uh, namespaces and C groups. So why couldn't you do the same level of isolation for a virtual machine and run that process inside a pod? So that's essentially what it's doing. It's leveraging KVM and QEMU, which is difficult to say, to run virtual machines inside the context of a pod. And then it's using the other constructs in Kubernetes to add things to that pod to provide the additional resources for that virtual machine. So it's basically some custom resource definitions, the controllers to spin up the various virtual machines, an API, and a few other things. So that's what makes up the project. And it's spinning up these virtual machines. And the thing that's kind of weird is it's not launching a virtual machine in a traditional sense, the way that, you know, something like VMware or Hyper-V would be spinning up a virtual machine. It's doing it in its own way using KVM and QMU, but it's doing it through pods. So you're actually kind of running a virtual machine inside a container, if you want to think of it like that, which is sort of an inception kind of thing. Of course, the caveat to that, because you're running a virtual machine inside a container, is Red Hat is assuming you're running this project on bare metal. Otherwise, you're doing nested virtualization, and according to them, that is not supported in production. Lots of people do it, but it's not supported in production, and they don't want you to do it. The KubeVert project itself is less prescriptive about that, but then again, they're not supporting you, so they don't care how you nest your virtualizations. And, you know, could you run a virtual machine from KubeVert, which is working as a Kubernetes worker node to spin up containers on it and just continue that chain of virtualization? Yeah, I mean, sure, you could do that, but I don't know why you would. Okay, so you might be thinking, okay, well, I have virtual machines already. And that's the thing that I'm trying to manage maybe through Kubernetes. Can I just manage those virtual machines? You have to import them into this paradigm. You have to import them into KubeVirt and take over management of them. So there is an import process and it does include, at least from what we saw in the dropdown in the presentation, you can import from VMware and you can import from other KVM systems. I didn't see Hyper-V in the dropdown, but it went by pretty fast. Of course, that's probably a larger conversion. So we'll see. It does support both Linux and Windows virtual machines. So let's say you do have a server 2008 R2 sitting around and you want to get that into your Kubernetes cluster and manage it using OpenShift tools. Bam, you can do that. 2008 R2 is the latest, uh, is the oldest supported operating system. Anything prior to that, it's not supported. Maybe it'll work. Who knows? But I mean, the good news is you could potentially 
migrate all of your virtual machines into your Kubernetes infrastructure and then manage them using the Kubernetes constructs and the OpenShift virtualization constructs instead of managing, managing them using your existing toolset. Now, of course, that's a lot of work, especially for organizations that have a large investment in virtual machines. Does it make sense to move hundreds or possibly thousands of virtual machines into OpenShift virtualization and also learn have your virtualization admins learn a new tool to manage their virtual machines when they already know how to do it with whatever tool set they're currently using? That's a pretty limited utility. The way that the presentation went about making the argument is, well, now you're asking your virtualization admins to learn a new technology, which is, which is Kubernetes, which means they're going to be managing two different environments. And it also means that developers have to interact with those two different environments differently because one is all Kubernetes and declarative files and YAML, and the other one is whatever you're using for your virtualization stack today. That's all true. What's less obvious to me is the business utility of forcing your virtualization admins to not only learn Kubernetes, but also forcing them to learn this additional new technology to manage their existing virtualization workloads and move all those workloads into OpenShift virtualization, which is like a V1 <laughs> um, offering. So that's pretty, like, I wouldn't do it. I guess what it comes down to is like, no, don't do that. At least not yet. Now, if you are starting to make the move for certain applications from virtual pure virtualization to microservices architecture with containers, and maybe there's a portion of the system that you're not ready to migrate into containers, but you'd like to get it under the same management umbrella. Okay, that makes sense to me. I've got this three-tier application. It's a web front end, an application middle, and a database backend. I'm not ready to give up my virtualized database servers, but everything else I am ready to put into containers. So I will run my entire application on Kubernetes by importing those database virtual machines so that my application developers can manage them through Kubernetes. And at some point down the road, I can convert those VMs to containers when I feel comfortable doing that. So it's kind of like go at your own pace. Like I said, that's a lot of work and the tech behind all of this is really cool, but I don't know if it has enough business utility to keep rolling forward. What would actually be more interesting to me is if Kubernetes could manage virtual machines in a more traditional way, but just be a different virtual machine management piece of software, kind of like vSphere or System Center Virtual Machine Manager, so it can do the scheduling and the maintenance and the spin up of virtual machines and do it all with declarative files, but still use the traditional hypervisors and the constructs that have been proven over time as, as opposed to building net new. Cause I think the utility of building net new is actually fairly low in this particular case. Like there's no need to rebuild the wheel. You already have a perfectly good wheel. Keep using that wheel. And then, Oh, by the way, you have this other, technology that you can use going forward for new applications. That kind of makes sense to me. Plus there's all the support questions around what if I do make this migration? Will the applications I'm using, assuming they're from a third party, support what I've done? 
I don't know. So lots of questions there. It's a really interesting project. I recommend checking it out just to check out some cool tech. But as to its utility in the short term, I'd say it's fairly lim limited unless you're in a situation where you do want to move everything to containers except for that one thing that needs to stay a VM. It might make sense. So that's my thoughts on Kubevert and OpenShift virtualization. I'd love to hear your thoughts. You know, hit me up on Twitter. It's Ned1313. Until next week, have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe, everybody. Bye now.